Hope Church. All right, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 1, verses 15 through the end of the chapter this morning, just verse 23. Um, I have a new Bible, it's wanting to close on me. All right, so the first thing I want to open up with this morning is this idea that comes from the verses just prior to the section that we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, and we'll read the passage in just a second. But the verses before it, I want to read. It's 13 and 14. It says, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So my thought with this was this this whole idea of the Holy Spirit is kind of like we are... We're branded for Christ. Um, and the way that I, I mean that, I mean, if you think of what it means to brand something, and I think, in my head, I think of like cattle, and farmers would brand their cattle or brand their, their farm animals to show that they had ownership over that animal, so that if somebody else happened to see that animal, they would know whose it was. They wouldn't be able to steal it or take it um, or anything like that. And so it's this idea of branding us to be Christ. Um, and if you think about it, when, you, when an animal is branded, I mean, they would heat up this really hot iron that had some sort of symbol on it, and they would sear its skin, you know? And that's, I mean, that's a really painful, painful process. Um, but it's painful in a moment, and then the cattle is really owned by that person. Um, it has that mark of ownership on it. In the same way, when we come to know Christ, when we recognize our need for Him, um, I mean, that's kind of a painful experience to realize how much you need Jesus Christ, to recognize your position before him and the sin in your life and how, how much you are in need of a Savior. It's not easy to look at yourself and say you need something. I mean, it's already hard for me sometimes to go and ask somebody for help over something simple. So to ask for somebody for help for something over my eternity's sake is difficult too um, because that takes a lot of recognition of your position before Christ, humility, um, and an understanding of what Christ has done for you. Um, So that idea, let's keep that in our minds this morning as we speak through the rest of Ephesians 1, um, this idea that we are branded. And and once that immediate pain is over, you are marked as owned by Christ Jesus, just like a cow is marked, owned by the farmer. Um, So in a sense, we're like God's cows. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, so just just keep that in mind this morning as we talk, that we are, as believers in Christ, if you've committed to Jesus and you've been branded by him, the Holy Spirit is the branded mark on our souls. It's the mark of ownership by Christ Jesus. Um, and that should be visible to everybody that we meet. People that we see, um, that we encounter, should be able to see this branded mark of the Holy Spirit in our lives by the way that we speak, by what we talk about, by the way that we live our lives and the decisions that we make. That should be a visible mark to people. Um, So let's just think about that this morning. Um, Before we go in, I would like to to say another word of prayer. Um, That last song we sang, What a Wonderful Maker, is really going to be good. Um, It's a really good song going into what 
we'll be talking about this morning. So if we could just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. Um, We thank you for your wonderful love. Um, We acknowledge that you are such a wonderful maker, a wonderful Savior. Uh, We come before you this morning and want to give you glory and and worship you for what you've done for us. Um, Undeservedly, we we don't deserve what you've done for us, yet you still loved us so much uh, and brought us and marked us as your own. Uh, This morning, I pray that that idea would not just be words spoken um, or uh, even a knowledge received, but that it would be something that would influence the way that we live our lives, uh, that it would be taken to heart and move us to, to serve you and give you greater glory and to love you more and to know you better. Um, I pray that this morning that you would work through me to speak your truth, um, that you would touch our hearts and bring us closer to you this morning. Help us to understand you more, to love you more, and to, say, uh, to serve you better. Um, for all your glory and honor, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's, let's begin in verse 15. Paul, by the way, is the master of run-on sentences. Because this is literally one, one sentence. All of these verses are one sentence. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, when I first read that, I was like, what? That was a lot. And Paul does that all the time. I mean, there's just so much within these small passages that, I mean, just reading through it, you can't fully comprehend. Um, so we're going to look at this a lot closer, which is what we typically do. Um, at one hope we like to go verse by verse. And I was actually, as I was thinking about it, I was like, I kind of wanted to change things up. I wanted to maybe think of a different way to do it. But then I started, and I got like halfway through pre- preparation, and I was like, no, nope, we have to go verse by verse. I did this exactly like what we normally do because that's how you fully understand it. So let's break this up a little bit. Um, the first portion I want to talk about is verses 15 and 16 um, where Paul is praying for the Ephesians. Um, he kind of, this whole thing right here is kind of a glimpse of what Paul's prayer for believers at Ephesus was. Um, and I think we can learn and glean a lot from it because... We're still churches today, um, and this is a really good thing to to pray for others um, and for each other. So he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So giving thanks is, I mean, incredibly essential in a believer's life. I mean, thanksgiving, one, is the beginning of humility, and it's the foundation of joy. It's essential for our closeness with Jesus and for an accurate understanding of who he is. Um, So to talk about that a little more 
giving thanks puts us in a mindset of gratitude towards God. Um, it puts our hearts in the right position before Him. It helps us understand that what He has done for us and giving thanks for that helps us understand where we stand before Him. Um, and when we do that, we can actually, we really start seeing the world in a different light because you can, you, I mean, living in it with a perspective of humility is, I mean, incredibly important to recognize that the thing that we say all the time, we are just beggars trying to tell other beggars where to find bread. Um, it's that same idea. Um, when you, I mean, obviously humility is the opposite of pride and pride is a terrible enemy of a believer. Um, and when, you, when you're prideful and you think you're better than other people, you think you deserve things that you don't deserve. Um, so being thankful is one way to combat pride. Um, and this is something Paul here is praying for other believers, that he's thankful for these other believers. So in the same way that he's praying here, I think that it's super important for us to pray for our church people um, in a practical sense. I mean, he's... He's praying from one place for a church, um, for people he cares about and loves. Um, and I, I mean, that is an essential thing that we have to do as church goers at One Hope. And we have to pray for each other. I mean, there's a reason. And, it, and it's not just a prayer. In my mind, I don't think it's, it's a prayer that we just pray on Wednesday Night House Fellowship when we're with each other in our circle telling each other what we need prayer for. That's something, I mean, when we tell each other what we need prayer for, that's something that probably isn't, doesn't need prayer one night, to be honest. It needs prayer constantly. Um, so I know that I'm guilty of sometimes just being like, okay, Wednesday night, I'm going to pray for everybody and we're good. And then I don't really think about it until the next Wednesday night when we're there talking again. And then I, I kind of feel bad because I know this is a serious issue in someone's life and I'm not praying for them. So as our church family, I know... It's really important for us to be willing to pray for each other constantly. Um, you know, start, start, start writing down what people's needs are um, and praying for them consistently. That'll help build our church up all in all. I mean, we, we have this understanding at One Hope that we all contribute to the body of Christ, which he alludes to here at the end of this chapter, but we are all a part of One Hope. Um, when one of us is absent, the whole church suffers a little because that person's not here to contribute what God has called them to contribute or what the Lord could lead them to contribute. Um, you know, and, and in the same way, what I, the next point I want to make is that each person in here is different. Each, each and every individual, God has called differently. God has called us separately. Um, and we all have unique gifts and strength, strengths and um, things like that. And so... We may have disagreements as believers and think, um, disagreements or, uh, you know, different perspectives on things because we're all made different. But it's still important for us to be thankful for each other, um, be grateful for each other, and still pray for one another. Um, because when we're praying for one another, it's kind of like this big mutual building up of each other. When you're praying for one another, when you're, um, when you're here, you're present, you know, everybody benefits. I mean, it's this continual relationship that continues to flourish this church. Um, and I think that's one area that I know that I could improve, and I think we could all really uh, grow a lot stronger from, is if we just started to um, be very consistent in prayer for one another. Um, and one thing that we do, and I want to call this out because um, it's just, there's not been a lot of people there that I, I expected when we first started, but Sunday mornings, we pray every Sunday morning before church service starts. 
Um, at 9.45, we meet up in that office, and we pray over the service. We pray over the people here. We pray over each believer that comes, and we pray for all people who don't know Jesus that come. Um, praying that they do. We pray for the uh, teacher that morning and for the, whoever's preaching to um, be moved by the Spirit and speak the truth. We pray for the worship, um, for it to be powerful and, and moving. And, you know, we just we pray for all those things. And, um, I mean, it's just, you really just have to get here 20 to 30 minutes early to do that. Um, so I want to really encourage us to, to start being more committed to prayer and thanksgiving for our church. Um, and for each other, um, not just you know Sunday morning is important, but not just Sunday morning, but throughout the week. Um, so let's remember each other and our church in prayer and in Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, we have the here. We believe that Paul is under house arrest in Rome, and he's praying for these believers who are far away. You know, and he says he uh, he prays for them. He does not cease to give thanks for them. So that's not like he's praying for them once in this letter. It's not like he just prayed for them um, when he was there. You know, he's praying for them and thanking, uh, giving thanks to, for them without ceasing. I mean, he, that, that means he's probably doing it every time he comes before the Lord or at least daily. Um, you know, you can't necessarily put a number on it. But um, if we look at 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, 16 and 18, you don't have to turn there. But he says, uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And the cool thing about that, I mean, that's, that's not a request. That's not saying if you want to. That's, that's a command. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Um, and those are three things that are really difficult. I mean, rejoicing in all circumstances, and rejoicing always, that's, that's not easy to do. Um, praying without ceasing, not easy. And giving thanks in all circumstances, not easy. But all of these things are commands to him, and they're commands to us because they're mutually beneficial for us and for the Lord. Um, when we are thankful, I think, you really get that foundation, and you are able to find joy in difficult circumstances when you're actually grateful because you even recognize in those difficult circumstances that, as a believer, you're incredibly blessed. Um, and when you're able to understand that no matter what you're going through, you still have the greatest gift. You are still branded, sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's a really powerful encouragement. Um, it helps you recognize your position in life. Um, and I, I think of Job, how he still worshiped the Lord, even though he was going through all of these difficult things. Um, and he had, I mean, that was a tough situation. Um, certainly something that none of us have probably faced. Um, and then I want to address the pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean like be on your knees 24-7 praying in your, you know, your prayer closet or whatever you, wherever you pray. Um, that is like a constant God awareness, if you will. And I don't want to sound kind of too much there. But it's like this constant awareness of the Lord and walking. And that, that's the, where the phrase comes from, walking with Jesus. Each day, each day, everything you do, you're constantly aware of Jesus and his life um, and his love for you. And his calling on your life. And so you start seeing the world through his eyes rather than through your own. Um, so that's what he means by praying without ceasing. And then giving thanks in all circumstances can lead to all this stuff. Um, so again, that command is mutually beneficial. So before we move on, I just want to reiterate, 
Thanksgiving is the beginning of humility and the foundation of joy. You have to have thanks. You have to be thankful in order to be joyful and in order to be humble. Um, and humility is essential for believers um, to be close with God and to understand who Jesus is and what He's done for us. So, if we look at the next few verses, seventeen and eighteen, he says, and this this is we have to break this down a little bit. He says. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. The spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? Um, so if we look at this, we have, he, he first says, the wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I think specifically Paul is praying this for the church in Ephesus for multiple reasons. Um, one, to simply be able to defend their faith, to be able to recognize false teachings, to be able to understand when somebody is teaching them something that is against God and against Jesus. We saw that happen many times um, in Acts and, and other books where Paul prays for that. Um, and he has to, in many of his letters, he denounces false teachings, um, and he has to address certain issues that have been come, become part of a church because of false teachers. Um, so he's certainly praying for uh, an increase in knowledge and awareness of, of God. Um, but I also think that he's praying that they simply know God more, because a greater understanding of God leads to a greater appreciation for Him. It leads to your ability to give thanks to Him more. And it leads to a, uh, a gratitude for him, um, a greater love for God. And, I mean, loving God more will lead to a more obedience. Um, he uses this phrase here, probably one of my favorite parts of this passage. He says, the eyes of your heart, um, that they be enlightened. And what do you, I mean, that's, that's a kind of a, an analogy. What does he mean by eyes of your heart? I mean, what do our eyes do for us? They observe, they take in information, right? They they observe things, their surroundings, and help us understand what is around us. So the eyes of your heart, I'm thinking, he, what he's saying here is that they become more aware of God's presence in their life. I mean, he's saying, he, he wants them to understand that, um, know and be able to see God in their lives more and more and more. And, I mean, what have we been praying for at One Hope since our advance um, in January? I mean, that was like our big point at the advance was that our church, we want our church to be more aware of God's presence in our lives each and every day. Um, so halfway through the year, let's not lose that vision. Let's not stop praying for that. Let's not stop asking for that. Um, because I personally think this year God has answered that prayer in many ways. Um, and I think that if we continue to pray that, he's going to bless us. And he's going to continue to reveal himself more and more to us each and every day. Um, that's why, this is why it's so important for us to, like, understanding of God is why it's so important for us to study the Bible every day, um, to, to pray and to get before God each and every day, to ask Him to help you to know Him better. I mean, this is why we have to study and read. This is what we're here on Sundays is to know God better, to understand Him more so that um, we can see Him better. Um, you know, it's that, that idea that the the centurion had in Mark where he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, we believe up to a certain extent, but there are still things we don't trust God with. 
Um, and so often we have to ask him to reveal those things to us. We have to ask him to help increase our belief. I mean, we're that dependent on him that our faith in him is reliant on his strength, you know, his strength alone. That's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Again, that should be humbling, um, and we should be grateful for that thing, um, for that grace and love. Um, and honestly, it's God's grace that he reveals himself to us little by little over time. Because if God revealed himself all at once to us, we'd be overwhelmed and we, couldn't, we could not handle that. I mean, if you look at certain, te- certain things in, in Scripture where he did reveal a large portion of his glory to somebody, something crazy happened like Moses on the mountain when he just saw a glimpse of God's glory, comes down and his face is solid white and other people can't even look on him because it's too bright. That's, I mean, that's just a small glimpse of God's glory. I think of Isaiah when he's got the, the vision. He's, he has a vision of just a glimpse of God's glory and it's just a vision he says, woe is me, for I'm a sinner with unclean lips. And he fears death because he's in the presence of God's glory. And that was in a vision. I mean, God's glory is awesome and powerful. Um, and there's, there's no way we can even comprehend it. I mean, we can't fully comprehend the gift that he's given us in Jesus Christ. And so to, that he reveals that to us little by little over time, that sanctification process is a blessing in itself. Um, and I know... Sometimes I'm just like, I want to be there now. I want, I want to be in his presence. And just, I, want, I want to know it all right now. Um, but the truth is, I mean, there's a process and there's a reason to the process. And we have to be patient um, in our understanding of God. Um, that's not to say let's be lazy and not study as much or not, not strive for that. Um, but it is important to understand that it's a grace that it's a gradual process and not an immediate understanding. Um, and as we... As we increase in understanding, we increase in faith um, and in humility, and we are, are more obedient to his will, um, and we know his will more. But the cool thing is, even though that sanctification process is gradual, we're branded with the Holy Spirit. And that, that branding of the Holy Spirit, I said earlier, is this mark of ownership, but it's not just a mark of ownership. It's also a promise. It's also this promise of a later time that comes um, that once redeemed will be made like, uh, we will be made sinless and perfect and um, we will be one with God. We will be in his presence, in his, in his dwelling. Um, so we have this hope that one day our sins will be removed and the limitations of our of our finite minds will be removed and we will be able to see God as he is and live with him as he is. Um, and that's, that is an awesome and wonderful thing. Um, one day he'll be, he will welcome us with open arms in his presence and we won't be afraid of him. I mean, that, that is awesome. Um, and that hope is promised and guaranteed to us by the Holy Spirit. That's not just this, like, oh man, I, I hope that one day this happens. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the promise guaranteeing that that will happen. Um, we are branded by it. So if we continue on, we start looking at, it, he kind of shifts pace here to, from a prayer for the believers to an understanding of Christ's position ahead of the church. So, 19 through 21, he says, 
And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? So here he starts talking about um, Christ's immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the, he- in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So here he begins to talk about what is that glorious inheritance of the saints? What is the awesome power of our Lord and Savior? Um, all of this, the Holy Spirit being branded, all of our, the inheritance that we will receive that we just talked about, all of that is made possible by the death and even greater, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All of that is made possible um, through His sacrifice. And there's not a more ultimate display of His power um, and love through that act. Um, I mean, who else could have defeated death and sin? I mean, it, and it would have been simple. I, I mean, it's just crazy to think that in that moment, Jesus took on the weight of the world. He took on the weight of the world's sin for all who would believe in Him, past and future. He took on the entire weight of your sin and my sin and all the sins in the past. I mean, he did that in a moment um, in his death and resurrection. And what's so unbelievable about that, I mean, I'm almost overwhelmed thinking about that if he did that for one man. I mean, even if he was able to die and one man's sin be forgiven and one man live in eternity in heaven with the Lord, I mean, that still would be hard to even understand how he was able to do that. But the truth is, he did that for all who would believe. I mean, how awesome and powerful is that? That's not something we can fully understand. That's not something we can fully comprehend. I mean, how great is our God's love for us? And in doing so, I mean, Christ's obedience to God's command gained him the greatest reward was sitting at his right hand. Um, You know, he is the gateway to the eternal father. He is the gateway to salvation um, for anyone who would believe in him. You know, through that death and resurrection is how he branded us by the, with the Holy Spirit. That's how he redeemed us and saved our souls. Um, and so, by his obedience to the Lord, he became the, I mean, he, it was the greatest display of power in the world. I mean, it was even greater than the creation of the world. Um, and what's so awesome is that we worship that Savior this morning. Um, we worship a Savior that is greater than anything we can even imagine. I mean, we just prayed the, we just sang the song, What a Wonderful Maker. You know, and that's, referring, I mean, He made the world and saw that it was good. He made the entire universe, the, the things that we can't even fathom or comprehend. He's so great and so big. He's made every place on this earth, and He knows every single place on this earth that we haven't even been to. I mean, we've been to, time, you know, very few things compared to what He's created. Um, I mean, he is is huge. Um, Michelle and I, and I don't know if you've ever gotten to experience this. If you haven't, I would really recommend it. But to to really be humbled and understand how small we actually are. Michelle and I were going to Gatlinburg one night. Um, And I don't know if you've ever been there, but 441 takes you straight into Gatlinburg. And you go up, and you actually have to pass over the very top of the mountains there. You drive through this crazy, windy highway. Well, we left late that night. And I think we got we were going over the mountain at like 10:30 at night, so it was actually really dark. There were no lights or anything like that. Um, 
But it was a really cool blessing because those, the mountains in Gatlinburg are known as the Smoky Mountains because they're always cloudy. There's always, you know, the smoky around it. There was not a cloud in the sky at that time, and there was no moon. It was a new moon, so the moon was dark. And we pulled over at, just to stop and look because we could see some city lights in the distance. And we just thought it was a pretty cool view. And so we got out and looked. And all of a sudden we looked up and you could, I mean, you could literally see the Milky Way across the sky. I have never seen that before. But I felt so tiny in that moment because I felt like I could see the extent of God's creation. And the reality is he created so much more than just the Milky Way. And I was sitting there looking at, I mean, I felt like I was looking at the whole universe because you could see just the streak of the Milky Way across the sky. Um, and, I mean, how great of a God that we have that created something like that and so much more beyond. Um, and that same God that created all those things, that has that ultimate and glorious power, came, dwelt on this earth understood, came to know what we had to go through, which he, he already knew, but he experienced it and then died for us on the cross. That same God that had the power to create all of that let himself be humiliated and killed upon and, and crucified in the most humiliating way so that we can be with him, so that his creation, us, that he cares about us, that we could be with him. I mean, all of these good things that he created and what's he care most about? Us. And that is, I, I don't know if that overwhelms you or not, but it certainly overwhelms me. To think that God loves us so much that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for our sin, for my sin, for your sin, to take that away just so that we could be with Him in eternity, just to make things right again. I mean, Wow. And the crazy thing about that, I mean, in my mind, is that not only is that awesome and, and mind-blowing, but it's really convicting. That's a really convicting idea because what kindness do, how, why do I deserve that? Such a kindness, such an awesome love for us, what have I done to deserve it? And, and how often do I take that kindness and that love for granted? You know, I mean, something's an act so wonderful, so marvelous. How often do I go throughout the day and, and don't seek him in the decisions that I make? Or how often do I get up late one morning and, and don't and, you know, pray for a few minutes rather than give him the time that he deserves? How often do I make choices on my own or choose to do something other than um, worship him? How often am I selfish with my time um, when he's done all this wonderful thing, all these wonderful things for us? Um, and really, it doesn't matter what I've gone through or what I'm going to go through the rest of this life. Just the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me is enough to warrant my praise and worship forever. doesn't matter what other blessings he's given me um, or, or otherwise. Um, no matter what else happens in life, there's nothing greater to be thankful for than the blood of Jesus. So remember, we are branded by his great love for us. We are marked, owned by Jesus Christ. When people see us, they should see him. They should see his ownership. And we have this ultimate promise and truth um, that we can hold on to that 
we are his children. And I said it last week, and I'm so overwhelmed by this idea, um, by this truth that he died for my sin, that I don't deserve that. I still, honestly, I still sin, you know? We all do. We all still sin, even though he died to take it away. And that love for us that he has, I mean, there's a song out there that says, his love is like an ocean. And I really have begun to, to understand that and feel that, and I hope you do too, understanding what he has really done for us and that we don't deserve. Um, but what is so glorious is that we are branded. We are marked his. So there's not, nothing we can do to remove that branding. There's nothing we can do to remove the Holy Spirit from our lives or to, to make us sinful and to separate us from him again. Once you are saved and marked by him, that's an eternal promise. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're free to do whatever we want. Um, what that it should inspire in us is a greater uh, gratitude, a greater humility, and a greater love for God. Um, so this morning, before we enter into to open time, or um, before we go into worshiping and praising Him, because that is what our open time is about. It's about focusing on Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for us. It's about understanding and recognizing Jesus' love, His great kindness and love for us. Um, and it's, it's giving Him the praise that He deserves, at least. You know, and, and you know what? To be honest, there's not much we can offer. We don't have enough to give him the praise that he deserves, um, but we do have our lives and everything that's in it. Um, so this morning when we do that, let's recognize his love for us, his great and awesome power, um, understanding that we are marked his children um, and his wonderful and amazing love that should overwhelm us. So before we do that, I want to read just a small section in Psalms. He says, it is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his steadfast love endures forever. He rescued us from our foes, his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives us gives food to all flesh, his love, steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And we just give you all the glory and the honor. Not, not by anything that we have done or by any strength of our own, but because of your amazing steadfast love for us. And that that is eternal. And Lord, we come before you this morning and we want to give you the glory you deserve as much as we can. Let us lay down our lives before you this morning. And each and every day that we live our lives, may we be committed to you and to your glory and to your honor. Lord, each day I pray that you would work in us to help us to know you better. Let us be more aware of your presence each and every day. Lord, as we make decisions, as we um, grow closer to you, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to know you better and to be more understanding and, and see the world through your eyes. Help us to love people just as you love us. And help us to serve you as you've called us to do. And the great thing about that is your calling in our lives to be obedient to you 
is the most fulfilling and satisfying and joyful thing that we can do. Any other pursuit in this life is vain. So Lord, let us put you first in all that we do and give you the glory and honor this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.